0: And on this week's episode of Everyday Inspirational Podcast, I will be speaking to the lovely Kelly, who is a poet, and she has created inspirational and educational poems, which she has turned into poetry card packs and wall art. And her story is all about how she has turned herself into a poet and found her passion in writing in rhymes after having her two children... And suffering from postnatal depression for five years finding poetry and writing had helped her overcome her struggles and find a new way through dark times she now writes to help others and to encourage to give inspiration and to motivate and her inspirational story is from parent to poet finding my way through the fog To the Everyday Inspirational Podcast. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from, and also what your inspirational story is today? Okay, so I'm
1: Kelly. I'm actually originally from Essex, but my husband and I decided to move um, to South Wales about six and a half years ago now. Um, And so basically, I'm a mum to two children. Uh, My son has uh, quite a lot of. Uh, complex needs and um, my daughter suffered some seizures. So basically, I struggled a lot with mental health um, because I was alone, chomping up my children in the middle of nowhere in a country where we didn't really know anybody. At one time, we was 200 miles away. Um, and I struggled because I was an environmental scientist before this and I was going down a wildlife documentary production route and I was getting all these opportunities before I found out I was pregnant with my son, my eldest. So my life completely changed at that point. I had to kind of work out where I was going from that point onwards. I didn't know I didn't really know who I was. I lost my identity. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was. My husband was working, still worked 50 hours a week. So it was really difficult to try and find out who I was. And my mental health just took a big plummet. And so sorry, not for my cause for money further. Um but yeah, so I took um so basically, how I got to the point was I started writing and um, my thoughts down after I ended up with suicidal thoughts and I was going for a really hard time. And my husband was thinking, We need to do something to get you out of this because I can't go to work because my children they need me at home. Even though they're in school now, they still need me because I get so many phone calls a week and have so many hospital appointments. I physically cannot be employed. Um, so, I have to work from home and I had to find of stuff out what I was doing from this point. I couldn't do my wildlife stuff anymore, although I do wildlife education on Instagram and I've got car packs that I'm going to be doing, educational car packs. So I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've got to this point now where I now write poetry to help other people. Um, it's not just inspirational poetry, it's also educational poetry. Um, but that's what I do now. I now write poetry and film car pack. I'll tell you a bit more. Also. I'm going into too much detail now, though. I'll
0: just keep going. <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely absolutely fine. Sometimes that's what happens is that we go on naturally when we're talking about, like, who we are, we start to tell a little bit of story as well. So just <laughs> honestly continue with what you were saying. It was, I was just ready to get intrigued. As well, so I'll leave you yeah. to, to finish sharing your story with <laughs> our audience. Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, I,
1: what really took my mental health onto a real plummet was the fact that we was planning my wedding and was buying my first house and I had emergency surgery that went wrong all in the space of about three months. I was already struggling. I knew I had postnatal depression before this point. But I didn't have the time to even go to a doctor or talk to anyone. I kept hiding it and suppressing it and pretending I was still this happy, jolly, independent person that I was trying to see. And um, that, <laughs> it wasn't right, really. I should have spoke to somebody. But I didn't know anybody that well here. I went to baby groups, but I didn't know anyone well enough to break down to them. All my family and friends were too far away to understand what we were going through. And my husband, he was trying his best, but he was at work a lot. He couldn't really do much apart from take over when he got home. Um, so, yeah, what happened was my I had an operation. I don't want to scare anybody. I mean, I've got a surgery coming up, so I don't want to scare anybody, but my anesthetic didn't work. And um, I was basically awake, and it felt like people were standing on my throat. I couldn't scream, I couldn't talk, I couldn't breathe, and I could see what was they, The surgeon reckoned it was probably about 10 seconds, but it was 10 seconds that ended up causing me to have PTSD um I really really struggled when I come around I thought I died I thought this, I was no longer gonna see children it took me a while to even realize that my husband was actually there and a week after coming out of hospital whatever it was I hadn't thought removed so was absolutely fine um but a week after coming out of hospital I started to realize that something wasn't right with me I was struggling to get over this I'd go to sleep crying thinking I wasn't going to breathe again and again didn't tell anybody kept it in I was too scared that people were going to all the thoughts that were going in my head, I was thinking really negatively about a lot of things. And I kept thinking, if I say this to people, people are going to think I can't look after my own children. And that's what stops me talking to other people. I thought my husband, even though I spoke to him a little bit, I thought, if I tell him too much, he could then judge me as a mum and as a wife. And if I tell doctors, would they take my children away? Which is, it's not, it won't happen. It doesn't happen. But when you're struggling, all you can think about is that someone's going to take my children. And I knew I was the main carer for my son's daughter they needed me to be as strong as I could be, and especially with the amount of hospital appointments we were going to, we were fighting incredibly hard for my son. Um, the school that he was at didn't believe that he he was struggling struggle as much because he marks, He's got this is about eight different conditions now, and he struggles a lot mentally. It's because he was born basically. He was born 10 weeks early. He had a bleed of the brain, hole in his heart. He suffered from sepsis. He had meningitis. Um, and he was actually very really strong and he recovered he was home when he was three pounds he was tiny he did really, really well but that is where my postnatal depression started from was that point and it was that point that i realized i was never going back to work again because he needed constant care even though he was physically okay he struggled with food and now he's been diagnosed with different food disorders and um, so even then he struggled with his digestive system but he thinks okay, he thinks fine. He was physically okay, he was walking on time, he was doing things on time. But as he started to get into the education system, I started to see things that were becoming more difficult, more complex. And as time's gone on, he's actually going through a diagnosis of autism. Um, and but he's also got ACD, OCD, often He's got so many things, his sensory processing is very severe to the point that he struggles to eat. Um, so he, he actually, even if you met him, he seems, I don't know what normal is, but he seems like a relatively normal child. He seems like my daughter. My daughter's wild and crazy, but he's quite reserved. But you wouldn't think there was anything he was struggling with. Um, but if you get to know him, you can see his struggles. And us as parents, we see obviously every little bit. And he'll hold it into school and then he'll struggle when he gets home. And um, so trying to get him to help he needed... Trying to see, because we didn't fully understand what was wrong with him. We didn't understand why he was struggling, why he was so angry, um, why he wasn't eating. I mean, he went two weeks without eating anything. The doctors have always been amazing NHS. I can't fault. They've put us through the system so easily. They've believed us. They've been. I mean, it was them that actually helped me talk to my husband as well because I drank a bottle. I don't drink because it was a very rare occasion, but I got to the point where I drank a bottle of wine one day. And then I was emailing the care, local care team. And I was just like, I can't do this. I don't know what's wrong with him. My daughter was having eight or nine seizures a day. She's fine now, it's something she grew out of. She only has like one every six months now. But at the time of trying to work up my son, my daughter was struggling, my husband's work with son, was completely alone. And so that is, and all combined together, I thought, I'll talk about that now, all combined together, trying to work him out, trying to get the, the fight, with trying to get friends and family to understand trying to get the school to understand i didn't need that fight um it was unnecessary because the doctors knew exactly what was with thing and they believed us they could see it for themselves they worked really closely with us even during lockdown i can't fault them They've, as soon as i'm struggling or if i've got a question i just ring no teeth up or i ring the dietitian and they're there instantly to give us help i can't fault them but it's just the fight everywhere else, it's like unnecessary, it's not, you don't even need that fight with school, school should be far more supportive. Um, so basically all this on top just made my mental health, I wasn't focused on myself at all, I didn't know what I was doing, I was, trying, I was trying to do blogging, so I thought maybe I could do some sort of writing at home. I love writing, so I was thinking maybe I could do a blog or something like that. And, um, but, it wasn't really coming across as natural to me. I was struggling with that and I was struggling to fit time into that. I even started doing teacher training because I wanted to be a, um, a further education lecturer. I wanted to teach animal science or wildlife education. Um, but my daughter was five months old. I don't know why I thought, five months old, I could go and teach. Um, so I tried to do that. And I, just kept trying. I think I kept trying to escape from what I was feeling inside and also trying to... I didn't want to fail my family. I wanted to be able to support them financially. And I wanted to be able to do things for them and to then be proud of their mummy and not just think, oh, mummy's just at home. There's nothing wrong with just being at home. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be at home cooking and being a householder. It wasn't for me. Um, so all of this, and then with the surgery, planning the wedding, buying a house, it just all got to a point. Got, we got married in the August and by the October, I remember driving to my husband's work to pick him up and I swerved to drive off the bridge because I just couldn't, I wanted to escape. I didn't want, people always say, when you're suicidal, it's attention. The last thing I wanted was attention. I wanted silence. I wanted calm. And I couldn't find it. Everywhere I went, I couldn't find it. And my husband did, but he didn't know what to do. And then I didn't, luckily I didn't swerve. The thought of my children stopped me. I did swerve, but I pulled out again. And I drove my husband's work. I went home, he knew that something wasn't right. And then once the kids were in bed, I broke down to him and told him absolutely everything I was feeling. Um, I told him all my thoughts, and he's an incredible man. He's, he, I'm not saying he's just a factory worker, but he's never done anything to be able to support. He didn't know how to support people, he's never been trained. Um, but it's naturally to him, I think. He sat down with me and he told me that every time a negative thought comes in my head, to switch it to horses or the sea, because they're my two places I like to go um he was like as soon as it something comes into it, it i'd be thinking it was a really silly thing that seemed silly but at the time was overwhelming and so as soon as it comes to my brain i'd literally switch it quickly and then as soon as i started doing that my mind started to clear i wasn't thinking about all the negative things. i even got obsessed with the magpies counting magpies and if i saw one i'd panic and need to look for two and it was just absolutely insane and um but it was just so things that this Simple things people just so do things about started to take over my life. Like I wouldn't step on three paving slabs, and I wouldn't go under ladders everything was superstitious, just overwhelmed me. But soon this thing my husband said, I don't know how he knew how to do that, but it completely changed my thinking. And um, and then I'd been I think I've been trying to write children's stories about a year previous to this point. Um, because I used to write as a child, I'd write stories as a child, and I would, I would love the children's author It's like a real big dream of mine. So I started to write um, short stories and things like that, and I'd, I'd be in the car, and while my children were, if they said to sleep in the car, I'd stay in the car, I won't move in <laughs> there. So I could sit and I could write, and then I said to my husband that night, I said that writing was help. I felt like it was helping, um, but I was still struggling and things, but then doing this, thought process, this mindset change that he was teaching me, um, I was then able to write things, my emotions down. Instead of hiding my emotions, I started to express my emotions. So I'd write little quick poems and send them to him because I felt like I was communicating to him in a way that I was struggling to normally. So I'd write a little poem, send it in WhatsApp, and he would <laughs> I think he probably ended up with like 20 or 30 messages a day It was rather relevant, But it got to a point where he was like You need to share this with other people You need to see this could help other people So that's when I started to share them on uh, I think the was on Instagram And I was already doing wildlife drawings um, on there But I started to expand into the poetry um, I, was, I didn't really know what I was doing on Instagram and Facebook I only had probably like 50 followers or something But I just wanted to get things out there And it really started to explain and started to share. And then I asked for prints, I started to do prints. And then I just had this idea one day when I looked at this pack of cards I had for my children. And you can't see it (laughs) because it's a podcast. But I've got a pack of cards in front of me. And um, I started to look at a pack of cards and I thought, I could do something with my poems, with a pack of cards. And at first it was all education stuff. I want to be able to have educational games, include rhymes and illustrations. So of have a matching card game and that's coming hopefully for Christmas. Um, but I started to, I wanted to turn them into card packs, but the cost of it was quite a lot. Um, so I had to work doing selling prints print things to save up to be able to go the cards. So this has taken three years of constant writing, constant, trying to get a little income here and there to try and um, be able to save up to pay them. But... This weekend, last night, I packed over 200 packs that were going out to um, different shops, so different retailers, and uh, I had loads of orders on Etsy, I was shipping out over 200 packs just last night alone, and I was thinking, I've worked so hard, been through so much, my son is now going through diagnosis, thinking the fourth sport in a new school, and it's incredible what he's getting. My daughter's getting sport for young carers. My husband now gets a Friday off every week, so we actually get some time alone. Well, we're supposed to get time alone together. My daughter's off on Friday, so we haven't actually had it yet. <laughs> so from this Friday, fingers crossed, we're going to have some time alone together. And I feel like everything has just, even though I've gone through such struggles, and I don't, my children stopped me from driving off that bridge that day, and I feel like everything has just Happened for me to be able to do this, create these packs of cards to help other people um, And I've actually had so many people come forward and say that a poem I've written Because I don't say buy my packs, you can just screenshot my poems if they help you Screenshot them and keep them um, You can even print them off, do whatever, write them anywhere you want Just use them if they help you use them um, And I had a lady come up to me uh, about a month ago now and she said that she was feeling suicidal and she was really struggling. And she was questioning it that day that so she came across a poem of mine and it stopped her. And now she's doing really, really well. She spoke to people that she needed to talk to um, because she wasn't talking before. And my poem was all about talking and struggling. And I'd shared my story a bit. And she was like, if she's done it, I can do it by talking. And this is what I want to get out there. A lot of my poems are about talking, being expressive, allowing your emotions to flow, and knowing that if you're struggling, it's okay. If you're, if you're doing something that's getting you down, why are you doing it? Change, change, do, don't do that. I was really worried about telling people, I'm a poet. I was like, how can I be a poet? I never studied English. Um, I was thinking you have to have some sort English degree to be a poet. But we you need hearts you need is to be able to express yourself and so yeah i write to try and make i do aim it at women because i'm a woman and i've been through parenthood so i do feel like i aim at women but men also gain from it as well um but yeah i write so to make other people just feel comfortable and know that they can make changes and to ignore other people other people's opinions don't matter if they don't affect you Like so just forget about those um
0: yeah, that's why I am. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kelly. I mean, there's Sorry, stories, so much. like about like, like four stories, and and one year. I mean, inspiration there from what you've went through. I mean, it's is a full journey that to the to the point of oh, even though that you were seeing your adversity that you suffered has now turned to the point where you're able to help other people. Which yeah, I know, you know, because. A lot of the time people can, when you're in that dark place, you know, it's scary, like you're saying, to, to actually speak about the emotions because we feel as if they're going to actually consume us. So for you to be able to translate them into people who can't because they're in that dark place, because it's like that, you nearly become numb when you're yeah. in that dark place and, and you're consumed by irrational fears. They are irrational. As you come out, you can see that they're...
1: they're yeah
0: when you're in them they feel as if they're truth so i think it's amazing that you have these cards for people and that um through all the things that you've gone through that something um positive has come out because um, it, it's the one thing and it's the reason that i do this podcast daily is i think when you are in a dark place or if you are going through different things you think that you're the only person your brain convinces you yeah you're the only person that's ever been through this that nobody else will be able to understand and I think hearing your story and also having something physical that is so beautiful because I've seen them and, and they are amazing and so if there was one piece I mean you've got so much fun, but if there was I one think. piece of advice that um, you could give our listeners what would it be um if if you're
1: in if you're struggling like I was talk talk is the only thing that I think even if you talk communicate in a way that makes you feel comfortable like I used to communicate through poetry you don't need to physically phone somebody phoning in sometimes doesn't help because I found that I just screamed at people and I thought I just didn't realize how much I was struggling um but talk to somebody whether it was a teacher a doctor you can leave them a note you don't have to Um, I phoned, I actually phoned the uh, Minds charity. Um, They were incredibly helpful. Although I didn't go further with them, just knowing they were there that I could call. And I just, I I felt like that day I just ranted, (laughs) just let everything out and said a lot of feelings. And then just listening and being there, they are for advice and they are amazing. There's Samaritans, there's all sorts of people you can call. But definitely if you're struggling, Talk to somebody that's probably the one piece of advice I can give. And use my advice as well on uh, change your mindset. If you're struggling with negative thoughts, switch it. Uh, I write this a lot in poetry. If you follow this book, my Instagram and things, um, you'll see that I always talk about switching your thoughts. If you completely allow yourself to be consumed by negative thoughts on social media or news, then you're going to think negatively. You've got to switch it. If you're watching something negative, like, why are you watching that? You don't need to watch that. You can't change what's happening in the world right now. Don't consume that information. Change it. Watch something positive. Learn about the people that are helping. Watch animal documentaries. They always make me feel positive. <laughs> or a comedy. Watch something that's funny. Get outside. Out being outside is the best thing for you. Just even if it's raining, just stand under an umbrella and smell the rain. Um, but yeah, talking and being outside, just doing stuff, just change, changing what you're doing now is the best thing you can do. And don't think,
0: oh, what, I'll put something
1: to tomorrow. No, do it right now. Don't think I'll do it tomorrow, do it now.
0: I love that. I, I love your advice. I love the, the talk and practice. I think that's the hardest. But to be like, I look at my business of the habits of happiness. And one of the things i doing on Monday is Monday, Mindset And it's funny. I always think it's so strange when I, I do these podcasts it, it, it's, it's just like the kind of like coincidence. Like I was talking about exactly that and two things about having yeah. shift their mindset. It's like it's awareness and then do something. It's like a break in that pattern that you have of negative beliefs and how your reality. Yeah. You, know, you just awareness of it and then do something or say something or think something and on the have a list. So I think it's it's um amazing the advice that you give. Um uh, then you're so uh, totally enjoyed it and I'm sure lots and lots of listeners will resonate with it. So where can we find you? I know you see that you've got an Instagram page and what is it called? What's it under?
1: Yeah, it's just if you look up Kelly the poet. Um, if you just put Kelly the poet into Google You'll find my Instagram, Facebook
0: and my website <laughs> Wonderful And also you'll find all Kelly's details Underneath this podcast as well So don't worry about that But I uh, just want to say thank you again Thank, thank you for having you. me <laughs> And we'll just say bye to our listeners <laughs> Bye <laughs>